I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, have you got WrestleMania fever yet, would you say? Um, I don't know whether I have, but you know what, I was thinking about this a lot when I was watching Smackdown and Raw earlier today, mm-hmm. and I was trying to remember the last time that I was excited by the WrestleMania TV you know, the TV road push hype for WrestleMania. And it's it's usually never that good. Have you come it's up with different. an answer as the last one that you were really excited about? It what was that, sorry? I said have you cut did you manage to come up with an answer of the last time you remember the TV being really good in the build up? Um no. No, I <laughs> I can't remember I can't think of any time where I was really, really you know, really like ecstatic about it. Question. Um, I, I think that I, I think, I mean, this was probably accidental. I think the build-up to WrestleMania 30 was quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that was, there was some trepidation there because we were thinking, oh, no, are they going to, are they setting us up for an almighty, are they setting Daniel Bryan up for an almighty fall? And that was the fear. And, of course, on the night he scored the win and it was a magical moment and it was, you know, one of the best WrestleMania stories ever. Um, 
but I mean, as far as the hype for it, you were sort of bracing yourself for the worst. <laughs> you were hoping for the best, but, <laughs> you know, fearing the worst or preparing yourself for the worst rather. So no, not really. Um, but I mean, I still think that WrestleMania is going to be a really good show. I mean, I know last year's was a hell of a WrestleMania. I don't know if it'll top that. Maybe not. I think it's going to be a really good show, but I think this is normal. And it's almost like people have got this selective memory. Oh, this year's <laughs> WrestleMania hype's really kind of ordinary or pedestrian or mediocre. And you're like, well, point me to the hype that was, you know, fantastic and, you know, earth shattering and had people, you know, buzzing. I think WrestleMania is the show. I think it's almost this thing where WWE realizes that WrestleMania is the show. It's the show of shows in wrestling. And in some ways, they don't really have to try that hard because it sells itself. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it's funny. I remember the... I think there's there's been years where there's really good build to different matches. Um, I think it, part of the problem is that the three-hour raw doesn't really help because there's so much stuff. But I mean, if there's been points where there's been you know, really good build up to certain programs. I do remember the build to WrestleMania 31 was horrible, really bad. And I, do you remember that on the go home show for the go home raw for WrestleMania 31, they had that kind of like tug of war with the belt with Roman and Brock. Right. Yeah. Oh God. And then, you know, Sting, Sting was there with Triple H and, you know, Stephanie's emasculating them and all this, but then the WrestleMania ended up being really good. So people don't really remember that the build was a bit naff. Yeah, um, but I, I think I think with the top programs this year, they've done a good job in building them. Um, I think with Triple H's booking, it seems like there's not a lot of like, you know, wow stuff, but but most stuff makes sense and it's yes. logical, and there's good foundations for a good WrestleMania season. Yeah, I think they're almost preparing for post WrestleMania, and that's not a bad thing because WrestleMania, I think, will be a really good show. Um, because there's so there's a lot of matches. There's a, you know there's obviously some filler matches. Um, you know two in particular were announced on SmackDown last week, and we'll talk about that shortly, I'm sure. So there's going to be filler matches. There always is, and WrestleMania sort of does need the odd filler match for people to just you know sort of come down match where people can you know get you know just build themselves up and have a little rest after a big match. We need those sort of buffer matches just to, you know, give us some breathing room just to enable us to get excited again for the next big match. So they are necessary for sure. But I think there's enough big matches on the show that I know are going to be good that I'm not concerned at all about WrestleMania being a flop in the ring. I don't think it will be for a moment. But as far as the hype goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it, Kenny. You know, wow. I'm not, I'm not buzzing. You know, I'm not like. But there again, I'm 53 now. You know, and... <laughs> you've you've seen a lot of shit. So yes, it's gonna take real. It's gonna take a real something to make you buzz. But then, I mean, maybe awesome. by next weekend you'll be excited about the the prospect of the the show. Yes, um, I I know I will be. I know I will be. And and the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, that's gonna be really good, and that's gonna be really good. And in some ways, sort of preparing for post WrestleMania. Uh, and I think they've done a good job with that on several fronts. Well, it's always the lull, right? It's always the lull, usually. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
So, and they've announced it's backlash, not WrestleMania backlash this year, thank, just backlash. Thank God. I mean, that was a, an experiment that deserved to be one and done. That's it's going to be in Puerto Rico as well. Yeah, Bad Bunny is going to be there. So maybe they'll get like Savio again. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to give them any ideas. Uh, listen, uh, let's dive in to the, the, the TV. Um, very strong stuff on both SmackDown and Raw this week. So lots of good stuff to talk about. We opened SmackDown with the segment with Cody Rhodes coming out. And he basically <clears throat> brought out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and tried to be the kind of mediator to try and make things better. Kevin's not having any of it, and he's kind of saying, look, I've heard everything Sammy's got to say, you know, I, I don't want to hear any of it. And then Sammy's giving him the big, you know, pitch again, he's going, look, it's not about what I've got to say to you, it's what do you need to say to me to get past this? You know, if you need to punch me, you need to slap me, you need to yell at me, just do it. So we can get on the same page, Kevin walks away, and um, that, that that sets up the, the show-long storyline, because right after this, Kevin ends up... Uh, getting in a car and walking out on Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn tells him I love you. Um, and we finally, so we finally got the big, the big Sami and Kale story. How did they do in terms of executing the the reformation of them as friends? Yeah, I, I think, I think they, I think they did a good job on it. I think it was time. Um, I don't think they could have waited another week. They had to get this over with so they could then announce what was coming next, which of course was, Sammy and Kevin versus Jimmy and Jay. I mean, we've known for months that that has been the destination. Um, yeah, I like the way they said it over Cody Rose was in the ring at the beginning of SmackDown. Talked about, said he had the utmost respect for Roman Reigns. You know, said that he looked forward to seeing him on Raw and then beating him at WrestleMania. Then he called out Kevin Owens and then called out Sami Zayn. And um, Zayn then pleaded with Owen. Well, I didn't really plead with him. He was sort of angry with him, wasn't he? It's like, you know, what more do I need to do? You know, the time for pleading was over. I mean, Cody he did, he did mention he did mention you know, they've 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 turned on each other so many times before, and it's you know they've always managed to make it up. But this seems to be the one time where they can't make it up, and that was frustrating. Yes. But it was just more of a sort of like frustration and this. You know, we've been here before. You know, what's what's the barrier here? And Owens walked off and outside the arena. I mean, Owens got into this green car. Do you think he bought that car from John Cena? It does look Cena levels of gaudy, doesn't it? It does. I mean, big engine. I mean, who wants to buy that shade of green for a car? It's just, it's, it's you know, it's so naff. No offense to anyone who has a car that color. <laughs> Alienate some of our listeners. I mean, I think the drive to net zero in the WWE locker room. I don't think that's a big thing in the WWE locker room, Kenny. They like cars with big engines, don't they? Yeah, I think if you're looking for progressive thinking, the WWE locker room's probably not the place to find it. <laughs> well, look, they do seem to be a bit right on in other ways, don't they? You know what I mean? But they've got that, sorry, right on, that's a bit of an old term. But if you're my age, you'll know what it means. And uh, <laughs> it's like that's like, you know, the virtue signaling. You know, they do seem to be so quite progressive in their thinking in other ways, but not when it comes to, you know, the size of, you know, the engines and the car and the emissions, you know. Uh, but so I did Zen spoke to Owens again and Owens wasn't having any of it. He got in his car, drove off. So we thought that was it. But we knew, didn't we? We knew that that wasn't it for Kev. We knew he was going to be back, Kenny, didn't we? we did. And that led to the face-to-face showdown later on the show between Sami Zayn and Jay Uzo. And um, that, of course, turned nasty. And do you want to pick it up from there, Kenny? 
Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, Sammy comes out kind of deflated because he's going to have to take on Jay. And then, you know, there was this really great interaction with kind of, you know, Jay saying, you know, I didn't have a choice. And Sammy said, no, you did have a choice. You've always had a choice, uh, you know, because basically Jay calls him a fake ass us. And Sammy said, you're not mad at me. You're mad at yourself. You're mad because you wish you were the one that hit Roman in the back of the chair. And Jay kind of like sinks his head down as if, you know, maybe you're right. And, uh, and then Jay ends up hitting Sammy and Sammy tries to take down the Usos because Jimmy runs in, but the numbers game is too much for him. And just as they're about to hit Sammy with the metal steps for a second time, Kevin Owens' music plays and he comes out to save the day and hug it out was the chant, Finn, and the people got what they wanted. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so um, Jimmy's there, Chaos music played and they're stood there, Jimmy and Jay, waiting for him to come out. He uh, ambushed them, of course. Beat up Jay and Jimmy. He was stood behind them, so we had that shot. KO beat up Jimmy and Jay, and uh, they were at ringside. And then Sammy was there, and finally we had, you know, the the reconciliation and the big hug. And um, yeah, that was the moment. So um, I thought it was the, I thought it was a really good way to end the show. I felt like the timing was right. I think if they'd done it any earlier, it wouldn't have really made any sense. And um, I think now people can understand that, yeah, K- KO was reluctant initially and, you know, but no one demeaned themselves, I don't think, before this reconciliation took place, which I think was a very important part of, of the puzzle, part of the story. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the moment when they hugged it out, the fans went crazy. I thought it was a great moment. They really built it well. And uh, yeah, this, this story, I mean, to me, I don't want to sound sexist here, but I mean, there there is no chance that Rhea and Charlotte should be main event night one of WrestleMania. It should be Sammy and KO against the Usos. That is the biggest match for me on night one. So I hope that common sense prevails because I just don't think that anything else on that first night is going to be able to do as well in the main event spot as as this one was. So that's it, and but and, and people would say, well, we need a women's match to close the show. But the thing is, if it's not going to play, if it's not going to get an optimum optimal reaction in the main event spot, then it shouldn't be there. And you're doing you you would be doing Rhea and Charlotte Flair a disservice by putting their match on last if if the audience is not going to respond to it as loudly as they would to Jimmy and Jay versus Zayn and Owens. It's that simple to me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that would, you know, going back to, right, that would be like almost virtue signaling, wouldn't it? So, well, we need to do this. Well, is it right for the show? I mean, to me, it's all about merit. And Rhea and Charlotte needs a good spot. I mean, it wouldn't actually be a bad call to put that one on first. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that would really, I think they're going to have a really good match. Um, I liked, we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about their confrontation in a moment. So I thought they did do qu- quite a bit on SmackDown to heat up their program. Uh, but I think putting Rhea and Charlotte, my news saying that, Kenny, did you read that story about how Brock, he wants his match on first so he can go home. Did you read that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, cause, yeah, he, he did that at WrestleMania 35. Apparently him and Seth were supposed to be on semi-main at WrestleMania 35 and he wanted to go on first. I will say this, I, I have so much respect for Brock Lesnar because who wants to be the semi-main on that seven-hour show? No. First first in, first out, do the job, go home. Yeah. Hero, hero levels of uh, of respect <laughs> for Brock Lesnar just going, 
you'll wait to the day of the show and go, I, I think it's just, you know, let's, let's change it, lads. Let's Maybe first and get there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a good night on TV. I just need to get home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but let, let's talk, you know, let's talk about Rhea and Charlotte because they actually, I thought, had a great segment on SmackDown where it's the first time in the sort of month and a half where they've been officially opponents where I actually felt some some emotion and some kind of like you know the way that Charlotte was looking at Rhea when Rhea was trying to say you know everybody else fears me but you I'm going to beat you and Charlotte's just looking at her like she's a bit of shit on her shoe almost but that kind of added to the drama of Rhea you know being really agitated that Charlotte's not taking her seriously then they have this big brawl um, and yeah I thought this was a, a big step in the right direction for them yeah. I wish that Bianca and Asuka had as much of a step forward but yeah, I think Rhea and Charlotte really, you know, props to them. Uh, they really, stepped it up. They stepped, they step, I mean, I didn't think that they had this kind of segment in them because the, you know, it's like, this is like the equivalent of, you know, you fill up a bath, right? And your boiler's off and you're, and it's just a cold bath. And then you right. go back and you think it's over. I'm not going to get a hot bath. You come back in the bathroom, you know, two hours later and it's piping hot. That's what they did. Well, I mean, another one of Kenny's brilliant analogies there. <laughs> how, how did that bath water suddenly get hot in that two-hour period, Kenny? That brawl. That's how. Ah, that's how right, it, okay. The 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 brawl made that. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, but you know, what I mean, it, it, I didn't think they had it in them. Is the point? Uh, crap analogies aside. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Charlotte. Said, what about her superhero outfit? I mean, oh. do you think she gets her outfits from like the same people who do the Marvel outfits for the Marvel movies? She, I mean, she must go somewhere proper. I mean, she must go somewhere good to get her stuff because she she's always like, looks, you know, tip top. Yeah, she's saying, "Is it your know, Brie Larson? You know, Miss uh, Captain Marvel? Where'd you get your outfits from? Do you think <laughs> they'll do me one?" <laughs> So I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. I thought Ripley she had most of the of the talk, and she needed that. And um, and I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, those, those two had a hell of a match, didn't they? At WrestleMania in twenty twenty. Um, you know the the rest of the the COVID WrestleMania with no with no fans present, but they had one of the best matches of that WrestleMania, didn't they? Yep, they did. And obviously Charlotte won. That's been the story of this. We think that Ripley's going to win this one. She really has to. Um, so, yeah, I thought she showed a lot of emotion here. There was a lot of convict. Everything she said, it felt like there was total conviction in her words and that she needed to win this title because she wanted to become this you know, megastar, this superstar, and she had to beat Charlotte Flair to become this person that, you know, she strives to be and needs to be in order to sort of function in this company. So I think she really expressed that very clearly, that this is a must-win match for her. And I think it is, actually. Um, So, I mean, Dominic was in the ring and he distracted Charlotte, then Ripley knocked Charlotte over. Charlotte was wearing a big heel, so she towered over Rhea Ripley on the hard camera shot. Um. (laughs) So she, you know, Ripley and Dom were ringside celebrating and then Charlotte uh, took the high heels off, left the ring. We had this big pull apart with lots of people involved. So that went on and on and on. Um, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was well done. I mean, it really felt, I thought they really 
stated what was at stake here. They um, they laid out the odds and laid out what, you know, the, Ripley just made it very clear that she needed to win this match. I think next week, Charlotte Flair, or this week rather, Charlotte Flair needs to explain why she needs to win as well. Mm-hmm. I think that is very important part of this story that we haven't had from Charlotte Flair yet as to why she needs to win this match. And she hasn't said that, has she? No. I mean, you ho- you'd hope that from this experience that Charlotte's now... It's almost like Rhea has to do something to make Charlotte feel there's a threat there for her to then... You know, because otherwise, this is just another defence for Charlotte. You know yeah. I mean? Um, I mean, also, Rhea needs to win. I mean, she needs to beat her. Because if she doesn't, I mean, that would just be ridiculous. So... Yeah. Huge uh, setback. But yeah, this was really good. And then the other couple of things on SmackDown, we had the the match with Drew and Sheamus, which was very good. And then Gunther, who was uh, on commentary, him and Imperium end up getting involved. It's a double DQ. And then Adam Pearce says, well, you know, you're giving me mixed messages, Gunther. You said last week you wanted one singular opponent. But now it seems you want two. So he makes the triple threat match for WrestleMania, Drew, Sheamus and Gunther. So the, the, the destination we all wanted and needed to happen. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, it was like I think we knew that this was going to be like a double DQ or double count out, or there was going to be some type of interference from Imperium. And then when they were stationed at ringside, and Gunter did a little bit of commentary, and then he was at ringside, and when it looked like Drew and Sheamus were both, they'd hit each other with. I think Drew hit the claymore, and Sheamus hit a knee or the brogue at the same time. And then they were getting counted down by the referee and Gunter's furious, you know, looks like it's going to go to a double knockout. So he got in the ring um, and then Imperium got involved and then they both beat, they all three of them beat down Drew and Sheamus. And as they were leaving, Adam Pearce appeared on the big screen and said, well, last week you you said, Gunter, that you wanted one singular opponent at WrestleMania where your actions are communicating something very differently uh, something very different. So, uh, what the, your actions tell me is that you know you want a triple threat match, and that's what you're going to have. And Gunter was pretty miffed about that. But it was the it was the only logical response from PS to the beatdown of Drew and Sheamus. There couldn't be another week of indecision or uncertainty over who Gunter was going to be wrestling. Um, I think Sheamus and Drew they've had better matches, of course. Um, I mean, they had that um, that brawl last year, didn't they? To to name, was it? Sh- they had a hell of a match last year on SmackDown, didn't they? On TV, um, was that the one? Yeah, that was the one that Drew won to uh, become the number one contender to Roman Reigns' title at Clash yes. of the Castle, wasn't it? Yes, that, they had yeah. a really long. It opened, I think it opened SmackDown. It was a really long brawl, and Drew won. And as a result, he faced Roman at Clash of the Castle. That makes sense, doesn't it? So yeah, we, they've had better matches, but I mean, this was all about just giving Adam Pearce a reason to make the IC title match a triple threat match at WrestleMania. So I think everyone's a winner here, Kenny. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um so and then the other thing from SmackDown is we got uh, we got Dominic and Rhea win the mixed tag against um uh who did they face against? Santos uh, Escobar and Zelina Vega. Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega of Legado del Fantasma. Obviously Dom and Rhea get the win. But post-match Rey Mysterio comes out and Dom's trying everything in his power to get uh, Ray to agree to wrestle and Ray's not doing it. But Ray does stand up to him a little bit, Finn, with some kind of home truths about, you know, 
using the Mysterio name to get out of trouble. And uh, if someone is disrespectful and ungrateful as, as Dom, who wasn't his son, called him out, he'd definitely kick his ass. But he can't do it because it's his son. So we're still we're still building. Yeah, but as we discovered on Raw, the Angie's going to be there. They're all going to be there on SmackDown this Friday in Vegas. And, you know, Finn and I have got different... Finn said, oh, no to Angie. And I say, oh, yes. She's back. <laughs> the Linda McMahon of this generation is returning. And you got about that slap that she gave, uh, she gave Rhea Ripley at the Mysterio household wasn't half bad. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, yeah, Rhea was hilarious after that with her reactions. Angie wasn't really required to do much in the way of acting, you know, which was for the best. So uh, it was Rhea who was just do, reacting to it and doing most of the work. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see, will will um, will Angie say something to Ray? No, you've, you've, you can't stand for this. You know, you've got to have this match with Dom. You've got to put him in his place. This cannot continue. The only way this is going to end is if you agree to this match. Or will they drag it out and maybe something will happen at the Hall of Fame ceremony the following Friday? Mm-hmm. Maybe Dom will attack Ray on stage and that will be the moment where Ray snaps and finally agrees to the match. Maybe that will be leaving it a little bit too late. I don't know. What do you think, Kenny? Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think that could be the case. I mean, I almost wonder if the I almost wonder if if what happens on SmackDown this Friday is that uh, Dom kind of instructs Rhea to beat up Aaliyah, and that's what makes Angie kind of go right. That's a you know you need to take care of you need to take care of your son. You know, maybe that because I'm trying to think what he could do that would make Ray, you know, all of a sudden finally have to face him. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Is that maybe it's to do with something to do with Aaliyah? I mean, I don't think Angie's taking a bump. <laughs> but, <laughs> although, can you imagine? I mean, it would just be <laughs> very, very, very funny. She does. Yeah. Um, well, Aaliyah apparently always wanted to be an actress. I'm not sure what she's doing now, but like years ago, apparently she did. Right. So I have no idea whether she has done any acting or not, but this could be a big moment. This could be a big breakthrough. You never know. You never know. Take, taking a bump from Rhea Ripley could be her. Uh, could, could it could be, be a turning point in her career, Kenny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, that was that was the stuff on SmackDown. Lots of good stuff, kind of uh, heading. Oh, can I just say one more time? I know I've said it a million times, but bears repeating. One of my least favorite things in wrestling is watching Raquel Rodriguez's stupid smile. I hate it. It's so grim. Like it's just vacant, isn't it? She just looks vacant when she yeah. smiles. She looks like it's 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 the equivalent of like a kid's entertainer turning yeah. up to a rowdy pub. Being like, Do you want to see me blow up a balloon? <laughs> no. <laughs> no I said it's pasted on smile. It's like <laughs> something from like the eighties, isn't it? Like a eighties t- TV presenter or something. You're right. Um yeah, I was, I was watching a clip. There's a there's a, a UK TV series by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant called "Life's Too Short" about Warwick Davis. And one of the, I think it isn't "Life's Too Short." At one point, he's Warwick Davis is representing Les Dennis. Keith, what's his name? Keith Chegwin. Oh yeah, yeah. And they get Sean something who played Barry in EastEnders, and he has them going to all these working men's clubs and doing like eighties acts, you know, doing like a game of Family Fortunes on stage or whatever. 
And sometimes at the beginning when they've not warmed the crowd up yet and they're just they've got this big stupid smile on their face, it's like Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, she comes out, she's just so happy to be on SmackDown. You know, she's, I mean, in the words of Pete Burns from Celebrity Big Brother, she's insincere to the point of nausea. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's just nothing there. Nothing genuine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this character's going nowhere for her. Clearly. So, um... She needs to do the turn and um, she needs to go back to being the Raquel gone, Raquel that she was in NXT. Obviously, she was called Raquel Rodriguez there. I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say that because we'll get confused over what her surname is again, Kenny. Yeah, I always get confused. She is, in fact, Gonzalez now. Gonzalez, but she was Rodriguez in NXT, wasn't she? But I mean, she was great there and she isn't great on the main roster. She's, I mean, she's really good in the ring. As we know, character is king in pro wrestling, particularly in WWE. So they need to sort that character out because as long as she's this smiling, gormless looking babyface character, she's going nowhere further than where she's already gone so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to ask you, we're we're going to talk about Raw now, but before we get into the actual things that happened on Raw, Andy Kaufman is being inducted into the Celebrity Wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Is this a long overdue induction? Yes, I think so. I think so. In fact, interestingly, um, when the interview with Vince Russo was still very cordial, we talked about Andy Kaufman. Mm -hmm. This was before the interview went off the rails, of course. You were were the best of friends at that point. That's it. It was it was going really well at that point. So yeah, Andy Kaufman, he um he was an actor. I remember him in Taxi, which was this huge comedy series in the end of the seventies and the early eighties. It was on I think it was on BBC One. It was a I watched it every week. It was like you know it was it just you know we didn't get all American series back then, but we got a lot of American series on BBC One and ITV back then. If you notice, we don't get that many American series on BBC One and ITV anymore. Have you ever noticed that, Kenny? Yeah, it seems to all be uh, like Sky Atlantic or, you know, it seems all the streaming places have taken all the American shows. Exactly. You look on BBC One and ITV, it's, it's nearly all like, you know, British stuff. So, um, Do you ever, I mean, um, this is, this is a very quick segue. You know, I often, I'll be on Twitter or whatever, and I'll see all these, you know, here's a, here's a new series on Paramount Plus or a new series on Now. Or new series, whatever, and there's so many TV shows that I would love to watch, and I just don't have the time to watch them. 
And also, I feel like there's so many TV series that I would end up forgetting about half of them, even if I have watched them, because your brain can only retain so many, so many things and yeah. so many things to have watched. So it's it is crazy how much. I mean, I've not even tried to get Apple TV. I've got an Apple TV. I've not even tried to get Apple TV Plus because that minefield. I'd never get anything done. Well, that's it. It's, I mean, it's just fitting it all in, isn't it? And you just think, oh, you know, I've got all this stuff on. You know, I've still got my Sky Plus, which I know is really dated now, but there's loads of stuff on there that I haven't watched from like years ago. Like, I'll <laughs> get around to watching that. And uh, but you're right, yeah. There's all these shows like, I mean, Paramount. I don't have that. I don't have the Apple thing. I don't. I mean, now TV, a lot of stuff that's on there is also on Sky. So I've got the Sky. But yeah, there's there's loads of TV series that you're just never going to have time to watch, of course. Uh, But anyway, getting back to Taxi, that was a TV show that was on in the late 70s, early 80s in this country. It was a huge hit. And that's that's how I knew him or what I knew him from. Um, And obviously wanted to be, he was a huge wrestling fan, wanted to get involved in pro wrestling. Um, As legend has it, he wanted to do something with Vince McMahon Sr.'s WWF. And Vince Senior was like, no chance. You're not coming into my house and, <laughs> uh, you know, bringing shame on my industry. This is a kayfabe industry, kayfabe era, of course. And uh, Andy Kaufman was really slender. WWF was a big man territory. And it would there's just no way that Vince Senior would have entertained the idea of Andy Kaufman making an appearance on his show, other than to get flattened in like a comedy segment. Certainly wouldn't have put him in the ring. So I believe it was Bill Apter who arranged for him to wrestle for Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler's Memphis territory. Yeah, yeah. I believe he was the middleman here and he he made it happen. And Andy Kaufman thought it was fantastic and he had a few gimmick matches with Jerry Lawler and tag matches. He was managed by Jimmy Hart. Um, I mean, it'd be great if Jerry Lawler is, you know, fit enough, has made enough of a recovery to induct him. I don't know whether he will have done by then, but if not, if it's not, uh, Jerry Lawler inducted him. It has to be Jimmy Hart, surely, because he managed him. Yeah. But Kaufman, yeah, he he drew a lot of heat. But I mean, he wasn't really trained for wrestling. I mean, if you watch those matches, the the they're just terrible. I mean, he can hardly do anything. Um, but I mean, this was a very different era, and um, he did get a lot of heat. And I think they did do well uh, in terms of box office on a couple of the matches. But it didn't really have legs and he had to keep going away and then keep coming back. And but I mean it's it's you know, obviously there's the Letterman, the very famous Letterman appearance, um, that Lawler and Kaufman had set up between them, and Kaufman was swearing, and Lawler gave him such a slap to the face. I don't believe Letterman was in on it. I don't think he'd been tipped off. I mean, he wouldn't have been because of the era. Because I had this, the story I heard was that they had basically said they'd pitched it to Letterman as we're going to make up on screen, but then in reality they kind of swerved them. You know, where was, where was childhood Vince Russo? Absolutely. I mean, there's so much bad language, and this would have been obviously network TV. I imagine it would have been on a delay, and they would have beeped it out before it went out. I, I would have thought. Um, but I mean, you will hear the swearing or the version I've seen. The swearing is intact, and. Um, you know, Lawler's there. It's, it's against the KFAB era. So Lawler was not going to go on there and there was not going to be any wink wink stuff of like, yeah, this is a work and we're, you know, we're, 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 this is a show and, you know, we're, we're hoodwinking you. It was played absolutely straight and Lawler really nailed him and Kaufman swearing at him. And it was a hell of an angle. 
yeah, amazing angle, really. And obviously, Memphis was it was territory era, so you know, Memphis TV. I don't think you could see in any other part of the country just there. So to get this angle on Letterman, which would have been network TV, must have been huge at the time for them to get yeah. on network telly um, to promote their angle. But yeah, I mean, I think he definitely deserves it. The fact that, I mean, I've read so many stories about Kaufman and Lawler and it's been written about endlessly. And I believe it was something that Lawler was asked about in his career or, and he's still asked about in his career and probably will be asked about it again now more than anything he's ever done against any top heel. And let's face it, Lawler wrestled everyone. Um I believe that, it, you know, Lola was asked about that more than anything else that he ever did in his career. So that just tells you the impact of it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, we're talking about it again now, um, 40 years on, just tells you how big it was. But yeah, I think very deserved. I think very deserving. And such a shame Andy Kaufman isn't around, you know, to to uh, receive the award because that would have been a huge thrill for him. Well, it'll be interesting to see him go in and see. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Lawler is well enough to to do the induction. So, yeah. Um, in terms of Raw, though, this is the first Roman Reigns Raw in a while, and obviously the the whole story throughout the show uh, was involved. You know, he arrived after the opening segment, um, but in the main event segment, we got Roman and Cody Rhodes, and they had another uh, back and forth. How did they do in this back and forth compared to the first one? Did they amp it up enough? Uh, what did you think of their their uh, throwdown? Um, well, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be, and I, I really like that Cody said, can, "Can can we just stop talking about Dusty now? Can we just move on? And can we just talk about us and you and you know things that are are going on now?" So I'm pleased that you know he's he's drawn a line under that. So uh, Roman Reigns was just saying that Cody. Um, you know, it's always run away. He ran away from Stardust. He ran away from AEW because he couldn't get over there. Um, I thought that was quite something, really. And no AEW chance. You know, it's like AEW fans must not attend WWE events, Kenny. Because you would have thought at that point that there would have been an AEW chant, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do think... I think I think there's more WWE fans that maybe go to AEW than the other way around. I just don't think the AEW fan. I think there are people who just don't. You know, if you don't like WWE, that's the alternative for you. So I think there's. I, I just don't see them going that much. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see as time goes on when more people jump either way if that changes. But for now, you don't really tend to hear it. Yeah, I mean, you used to get e- ECW chants back in the nineties, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ECW fans, particularly in Philadelphia, would be in, often be in attendance and you'd get the chance there. So, yeah, I mean, it seemed like Reigns had the upper hand over Cody and Cody was like not back on his heels, but what a comeback by Cody. Yeah. Said, yeah, I didn't want to hear Dusty's name again. Because uh, just said that, you know, I'm here now. I'm the one who's going to be wrestling you uh, to WrestleMania and there's just going to be me and that's it. But then Cody really went on the offensive. And you know he was saying to he was saying to Roman because Roman had said to him you know what Roman had said to Cody what's it going to be like on April third are you going to run away again after you lose to me you know how are you going to cope with that humiliation of defeat yeah. and Cody turned that round and said to Reigns well hold on a minute you know how are you going to cope not being the champion anymore 
And once you're not the tribal chief and once you're not the main man around here, Jay's going to leave you. Jimmy's going to leave you. Then Solo's going to leave you. And Roman was just like, it was, you know, it was this just like revelation to him <laughs> as if well, this, and he showed this vulnerability, which a lot of people in Roman Reigns' position would have refused to do. Can you imagine like John Cena showing that level of vulnerability? I mean, I know he wasn't a heel, so it sort of would be different. Yeah, he, I mean, he never, he never would have let that kind of stuff slide. No. But then, but then Roman Reigns is someone who, even when Roman Reigns was getting booed, I think what was the difference between him and Cena was that Roman Reigns seemed to go, "Okay, you're booing me. Wish you weren't. But I'm just going to work really hard." Whereas with Cena, it felt like he didn't. Cena never tried to improve any of the stuff that people didn't like about him. Exactly. Whereas Roman. You know, was was very you know even when he did that suffering succotash thing and looked at the camera like I know, you know <laughs> he was yeah but yeah I, I agree it's a good compare a good a good difference to point out between oh, oh really anyone I'm not just picking on Cena because I mean I'm actually looking forward to you know John Cena versus Austin Theory I mean Austin Theory had a hell of a showing earlier on the show maybe we'll talk about that in a moment yeah. um, you know I'm not just picking on Cena here but you can you there's very few champions that would have shown that level of of weakness, you know, that vulnerability there. Yeah. And like Rome, Roman Reigns was like, you know, Cody could have something here. You know, if I do lose, what's going to happen? Are these people going to leave me? Is it just going to be me and Paul Heyman? Will I have to start again from scratch? You know, and so I thought he did a really good job there. And then Reigns, instead of responding, then just walked off. And then Solo was there and... Cody then had took a shot at him and then Solo tried to nail Cody and Cody, you know, blocked it and basically nailed Solo. And then Solo was going to have another pop at Cody. But Roman Reigns is at ringside and he said, no, come on, Solo, come on, leave. But Solo ignored him. Reigns had to climb on the apron and grab Solo and like instruct him and basically almost force him to leave. So that was another sort of moment there where Reigns' authority over the other members of the bloodline was very much in question, which was the whole purpose of this segment. So, yeah, it was very different to anything we've seen before from Roman Reigns, I think, ever since he became this character, really. He's always seemed in control, and he didn't here. He seemed like he lost control and was effectively fleeing from Cody Rhodes, fleeing from the truth, Kenny. But like you say, that this is what needed to happen because in the last segment, you know, Roman did get the better of Cody the last time. He did because you know it was all about you know Dusty didn't love you as much as he loved me. But this time, Cody had some, you know, some barbs to go back at Roman with, and with the, with the solo stuff and all that, it did leave you kind of wondering. So, and also like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, they're clearly setting up some stuff after WrestleMania. Yeah, we don't know what that is. It might be the the bloodline lose all the titles and they're out for revenge. It might be that the Usos leave Roman Reigns. Like we don't know, but there's definitely seeds being planted, which is very unusual for us to get before WrestleMania. But well, that was because earlier on the show, um, Jimmy and Jay were there, and then they were sent to the private jet by Roman, weren't mm-hmm. they? It's like, well, the seafood's there. You know, you can go now. I don't need you, but Solo, I need you. So could Jimmy and Jay take offense to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, might they? Might this be brought up on Friday? Of you know what's going to happen, Tribal Chief? If you lose, and are we going to fall apart? And 
you know, I've been saying all along that I, I think if Roman does lose to Cody at WrestleMania, and I think he will, I think that's going to be really interesting to see how the character and this faction develops without Roman Reigns as this all-powerful, you know, unified, you know, undisputed champion figure at the head of it. So his authority will very much be in question if he loses to Cody. And that's going to make for an interesting post-WrestleMania season, I think. Um, well, the other the other parts of the Bloodline story is the opening segment where we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn um, call it the Usos uh, with the WrestleMania challenge. And uh, the Usos come out and they end up accepting. We get a big fight with them. And you know, at this point, Roman Reigns is arriving and seeing the Usos fighting on the big screen and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get the better of the fight. So obviously Roman's annoyed about that. So, I mean, the opening segment, again, sort of did what it needed to do. And, yeah, I mean, th- this this opening segment, again, just made me think, this is the main event of night one. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It just is. And, um, I mean, as I said earlier, it's just, you know, when you lay a, sh- a show out, you know, it's obviously lots of thought sh- does or sh- at least should go into the arrangement of a wrestling card you know, you put the matches in in the spot where they're going to provoke the optimal reaction. And I just feel like Jimmy and Jay versus Kevin and Sammy, that's the main event because it's been built up so well over so many months. And it feels to me like Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn are going to win. I mean, it feels to me like Rhea Ripley's going to defeat Charlotte Flair. And I, don't think, I think people would, if it was a good match between Rhea and Charlotte, and I think it will be, if it was a good match... And this Jimmy and Jay versus Zayn and Owens match were not taking place. I would say yes, fine, put it put it on top. You know, let that close the show because I don't think people would be upset if Rio were to win. Because I think a lot of people, most people, do respect her, and if the match was good enough, people would say yes, that's a worthy way to end the show, right? And worthy way to end night one of WrestleMania. But I don't think they're going to be able to follow Jimmy and Jay versus Sammy and Kevin Owens, and and if. If they can't follow it or you don't think they can follow it, then don't put them in a position where they're gonna where they're gonna struggle, you know? Put them in a position where they're gonna shine. That's to me, that's the way you lay a show out so that everyone shines as brightly as they can. Yeah, and also let's reward Sami Zayn for the best work of the year. You know, as yes. well. he's he is you know, Charlotte Flair, no offense to her, you know, she was away for half the year. The time that she was around last year, she, you know, it wasn't that great. You know, her match at WrestleMania last year with Ronda Rousey was was pretty dull on the night. So, you know, and yeah, they had a good pull apart Raw and SmackDown, but I mean, it's nowhere near the levels of this. So, hopefully, even the weekend of the show, they kind of come to their senses on what should what should main event. Um, I'm sure I'm confident that they will they will do what we have urged them to do. Or I mean, not that they're listening to us or taking any you know recommendations or advice from us. They I'm sure they know what they're doing when it comes to the layout of of the night one of WrestleMania. And you also wanted to quickly mention Austin Theory, who defeated Montez Ford and had some words for John Cena. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was a, it was a very convincing pin on Montez Ford. So um, Theory certainly put the street profits in their place, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that was this is what happens in the run up to WrestleMania. The big stars who are in the big matches need to score the big wins on TV in the run up to the show. So Montez Ford, he needed to be sacrificed here to um, to Theory, 
Um, I'm not sure what the what the um, thinking is on Austin Theory. I don't know what the mood music is on or whether people think he's going to win the match or not. I think he's going to beat Cena. I, I think a lot of people think that Cena's going to win, but I just I just can't see it myself. Um, so I think, to me, people, I think a lot of people are just trying to like a lot of people are just thinking if we if we think Cena's going to win, it'll be a welcome surprise if he doesn't. Rather yes. than going into it and being. You know, pretty confident that Theory is going to win. Then if Austin, and then if Austin, if um, Cena wins, being disappointed. So, I mean, the thing is, John Cena is not going to be around post WrestleMania. So no. even if he does win the title, he would have to drop it like the next night. And I don't see him wrestling again. So, yeah, exactly. I, just I mean, what? Yeah, exactly. Why would he? And it's just, I just can't see him wrestling. I, I think he would think that he would be devaluing himself by wrestling at Mania and on Raw. And I think he would be, um, especially if he's got an eye on this match with Logan Paul at SummerSlam, then um, I, I don't think it would really be in his best interest to have two matches in quick succession. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a convincing victory by theory. I mean, Ford had some uh, some spots in which he shone. I mean, he looked good here, but I mean, this was an A-town down, clean one, two, three pin for Theory. Um, and then Theory, you know, took the mic and cut the promo. And I think he's looking pretty good at the moment, his Theory. And you know what? If he gets this win over Cena and it's a dominant win, this is going to be really big for him. And no one's going to be talking about that Cena promo from two weeks ago. Um, I hope you're right, Finn. I hope that you are right. Um, elsewhere on Raw, we, speaking of Logan Paul, actually, we had the segment with him and Seth Rollins. Um, where, where Logan Paul ended up knocking Rollins out with a punch again. So the punch seems to be the big thing that yeah. uh, Logan Paul says third time's a charm. Is, are you? How do you feel about the, the knockout punch for, for Logan? Is that a good, well, no pun intended, is that a good hook for WrestleMania? <laughs> or? Um, well, it is. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because he's known as as a boxer. So it does make sense. I understand why, why this is the story. And this is the thing that Rollins will have to evade in their match. Um, I mean, the only thing about it that would possibly let it down is if Paul hits it and then Rollins kicks out and that could happen, but that won't really make any sense based on what we've just seen in these angles on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be like, oh, it's WrestleMania, so people have got, you know, superhuman powers and they kick out moves that they ordinarily wouldn't kick out of. They wouldn't kick out on any other, kick out of on in any other match that takes place at any other time of the year. So, I mean, it makes sense that this is his devastating, you know, shot the blow. This is the thing that Rollins has to watch out for. I mean, I guess it's possible that he could nail Rollins with the, with the, with the, with the right hand and Rollins could, tumble out of the ring and then by the time Paul gets him back into the ring Rollins has a time to recover and that could be a big moment big false finish so that would make sense I suppose I'm sure they've thought this one through and Paul as well is going to be I would think protective of his knockout blow because he doesn't want he don't want people kicking out that willy-nilly because it sort of devalues him doesn't it yeah exactly yeah, I, I, I think I think the, the the idea of him hitting it and then Ron's rolling out the ring is probably the most likely thing we're going to see. But yeah, if he just hits him and then he falls out of the ring, and 
you know, and that could be late in the match. So Paul's exhausted. So it's going to take him like 40 seconds or something to get him back in the ring or 30 seconds to get him back in the ring, in which time Rollins um, has sufficiently recovered that he can get his foot on the ropes or just get a shoulder up. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was well done. I mean, the, the Miz was backstage and the Miz had a very small role on this program, didn't he? Because he was backstage as Logan Paul was walking to the ring for this impulsive TV segment. And the Miz thought he was going to be part of it. And he just got the cold shoulder. He got the brush off. And that was it for the, that was it for the Miz. We didn't see him again all evening. <laughs> poor, poor Miz. Well, I mean, he was t- he was on uh, social media doing WrestleMania the musical. So maybe if maybe, maybe if you if you need your Miz fix, that's where you can find them. Um, and then we also, like you said earlier, with the, with the Dominic beat uh, Johnny Gargano, and then afterwards he said that the whole family is going to be at SmackDown on Friday, and he's going to uh, get permission from his mom to face WrestleMania. I did love the bit where he said that they they kicked him out of the family group chat, but he's okay because <laughs> the Judgment Day group chat's better. <laughs> oh, it's so funny! Yeah, that's pretty funny, isn't it? <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Edge being the devil? Then? Um, yeah, he was backstage and um, a pre-recorded interview, darkened room with some candles and the line, what was, what was the line was, he said, you know, you, I'll bring the, what was the line? I'll bring your demon to meet the devil. That was the line from Edge. Yep. So that's a Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, really. I'm not that excited about it. I think the match, I think, I mean, I've said it before about Edge. He's a baby face. But he comes across as a heel. Um, I don't think he's very likable. But at this point in his career, no one, no one wants to boo him because of who he is and what he's been through and what he's come back from, and that all makes sense. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll have a lot of you know big moments lined up for this Hell in a Cell match. I mean, that's is a huge match, and yeah. with maybe Edge will wear some face paint or present himself slightly differently to take on Finn Balor's demon. Maybe he will. Um, I, I do think we'll see we'll see him as sort of a version of Brood Edge. You know, I, I, I get the feeling that's what we're going to get. You know, maybe he's the devil, but maybe he's got the Brood music. I think we'll see something different from him. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, I've got a good feeling about, you know, Bala getting the win here, and that'll be huge for him if he does. So I think the match can be really good for, for Finn Balor and I'll be interested to see what he does post-WrestleMania because this Edge feud's been going on, well, more than six months now, hasn't it? It's been going on for a very long time. So it it feels like it's time for the Judgment Day to move on to do other things. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, th- I think it's going to be a good match. I'm not really that excited about the uh, the build for it. Um, did was Balor on the show? I don't think he no. was, was he? No, he wasn't on the show. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and and I mean, the only other thing from Raw to kind of mention is they did try to add something to the Bianca Belair Asuka match by after they won the tag match against Chelsea Green, Piper Nevin, Asuka hit Bianca from behind. Um, but yeah, I mean, just it's fine, but it's not. It, there's just nothing there, really. For the no, no, this I think this match is gonna really struggle on the night. I think um, this is gonna be, you know, uh, I think this is gonna be a, a match in which that's gonna play before a muted response. And the only way that this match can succeed is if it is really, really good. Um, 
it may not be the worst idea to to open one of the nights with it because it's not really gonna shine following anything really good i mean i'm saying i think the match itself has the potential to be good but i just don't know if people buy like asuka doesn't really feel like a heel uh so who are you rooting for yeah What's the the dynamic? I mean, the dynamics are not really that great in Rhea and Charlotte either, because Charlotte's the worst babyface in recorded history. But at least with Rhea, you can, Rhea is kind of the default babyface in that match, even though she's the heel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Bianca and Asuka, I, I do. I'm with you. I think they're going to struggle on the night for. There's no story, is there? That's the problem. Yeah, and they don't. It's like Bianca just looks bored. I don't even know if she wants to be there anymore. She hasn't seemed interested to me since probably Clash at the Castle. Um, I mean, Asuka, I like the face paint and people are really excited to see her at Royal Rumble. And I thought she did well at Elimination Chamber. I thought that match was well put together and particularly very well timed. I thought everyone had a really good good night in the women's chamber match. Um, but it's like Asuka's a baby face and she sort of acted heelish here, but there doesn't really seem to be this like groundswell of support for her to become champion again. And Bianca don't really seem like that many people are really that excited about her anymore. It was, it would have been 2021, wouldn't it? When she defeated Sasha for the belts. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that felt big, but she's been on top now for two years and it doesn't really feel like people are that excited about her as the top name in the division or the champion of the division anymore. Um, so I, yeah, I think that match needs to go on first because there's there's just nothing to it. And yeah, the only way it's going to succeed is if it abs- if it over overperforms, if it exceeds expectations in the ring. And I think if they have a hell of a match, I really hope they do because they both need a hell of a match, then it will get over before the crowd. And yeah, putting it on early in the show, I think would be uh, an ideal way to go about provoking that kind of reaction. We should just mention as well that uh, they've an, uh, added some uh, what known as showcase matches. Yes, yeah, so they've, an- they've announced just the men's one's just been announced outright, which is the Street Profits, America uh, Alpha Academy, the Viking Raiders, and Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Yeah, and the women's one have qualifiers of which Raquel and Liv qualified on SmackDown, but I mean the rest of the teams are going to be Ronda and Shayna. I think it's uh, Chelsea and Carmella. I can't remember who the other team's going to be. I think it's maybe like Natalia and Tegan, even though they just lost. I don't really know why they're doing qualifiers, because there's not eight women's teams. I have no idea. I mean, I thought Ronda was going to be doing something, you know, going to be added to the the match with Becky Lynch. I mean, that seemed like the direction of travel. Yeah, I mean, apparently she's just going to be in this showcase match, which is kind of crazy to think that Ronda Rousey is in, is going to be involved in the, you know, basically the piss break match. Exactly. I mean, this is. I mean, from what we work out, there's nothing at stake in these matches. There's not like a title shot waiting for the winner. No. And I think you've got to tack that on to make to give these matches a reason to exist on the show because at the moment they just feel like the modern version of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, doesn't it? You know, it just yeah. feels like a match so that these people can be on the big show. It doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't serve any other purpose than that, does it? No. It's a, yeah, it's a very strange... Str- but, I mean, I, I do get it. You know, you want to you get these people on the show. I would prefer if this was kind of on the pre-show. 
Because yeah. I just don't think it really needs to be. I mean, but then with it's, it's probably an indictment of Ronda Rousey and where she is that she kind of feels that like that is where she should be in a showcase yeah. match. She's not done enough to really get over doing anything more. So anyway, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so... I would agree. Oh, we should just mention as well that Mustafa Ali was beaten by Omas in one minute. You must have been devastated, Finn. You thought maybe this is Mustafa Ali's chance. You can maybe take this down is... Omas, get that Lesnar match at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> it. Adolph Ziggler was watching backstage and just sort of, he was just sort of thinking, you know, Ali, what are you doing taking this match on? That was <laughs> the emotion he was projecting, I believe. Although who knows with Dolph? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't, I think that was about it for the show, really. I think we covered all the main points there, Kenny. We have. We covered all the main points. Now, we are going to be a little bit late this week with the Power Slam podcast that is going to come out on Patreon on Saturday and on the main feed on Sunday. So do look out for that. We'll be back at the weekend and then we'll be back next week with our pre-WrestleMania coverage. So you can enjoy that as well. We'll delve more into WrestleMania, the news and everything else. So, um, yeah, do go to, do go check out the uh, pre-order info for Inside the Ropes magazine uh, by, by going to InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. Issue 31 Two Finn Martin interviews. One, a great six-page conversation with Jake the Snake and a two-page conversation with Vince Russo that didn't end the way that Finn wanted it to, but, you know, you can read for yourself how it all played out, um, which I think... How it all fell apart. It all fell apart. Not not for the lack of you trying, Finn, to keep things together. Let's let's not forget that. That's Um, it. The magazine goes on sale March 30th, so two days before WrestleMania. Yeah, so do go check it out. And Patreon, that's where you can support us. That is what allows us to keep doing these podcasts. It keeps the lights on. It pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. We're actually recording our WrestleMania 19 review this week. So that will be up next week before WrestleMania as well. So lots to come. So, Finn, I hope that you enjoy the next few days. And I look forward to catching up with you at the weekend. Indeed, yes, and you as well, Kenny. And uh, yes, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone for pledging. We uh, absolutely do appreciate. It. We take nothing for granted in this job. No, and we do. Uh, yeah, I hope you look forward. To, looking forward to the uh, release of the uh, next issue of the magazine. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.